0: Well, I want to invite you this morning to look into the future with me. I want to think about the next year ahead in your life. And I wonder if I said to you this morning that I believe that it's possible that God is offering to you in the year ahead in your life the best possible experience of life that you could ever imagine. I believe that. If I said to you today that that is contained right here in this box that God has put right there in front of you the opportunity today to have the greatest experience of life that you could ever imagine. The only catch is there's some keys to open that box. There's some keys that you need in order to get to that plan and purpose that God has for your life. If I said that to you today, would you say, can I have the keys? Will you give those to me? Well, I do believe today that God has given us some things in His Word as I study His Word, that there's some things that God says to us that He wants to give to us so that we can experience this year in our life the greatest experience of life that we could ever imagine. I want to talk to you this morning about the keys to a blessed life. If you long to experience all that God has in store for you, I want to give you three things this morning that God's Word, I believe, says that we're so prone to missing or messing up but that God says are critical to the life that He has for us. And the first key that I'm going to talk to you about this morning is the key of faith. The Bible says that God does want to work in our lives in a mighty way. But I believe if that is going to happen in my life and your life, the first thing we're going to have to think about is something called faith. And I want to read you some verses where the Bible demonstrates the importance of faith in our lives. Write down Romans 14 verse 23. Romans 14, 23, the second part of that verse says this, whatever is not from faith is sin. Now, is that not incredible? As we think about faith, sometimes we think about that as something special, right? We think about that as something, you know, unique. Not everybody has faith. Faith is something for like really strong people. But the Bible actually says that it's God's intention that whatever, listen friend, whatever you do in your life, should fall under the category of being in faith now let me put it in a way that maybe uh, makes more sense uh, in in our own language what that's saying is there should be nothing in my life that cannot fit under an umbrella called trusting god for does that make sense Is that not amazing to think about this morning? You might say, well, Robbie, I'm not near in that place. There is no way that I'm going to be able to get to a point in my life where everything that I do can fall under the canopy of I'm trusting God. I I just know. I may want to. That may be the desire of my heart, but I know I'm not going to be able to pull that off. Well, welcome to the club, right? Uh, The Bible talks about that too. What does the Bible say? We're all sinners. We all fall short of God's plan. God's plan is that everything would be under that umbrella of faith, but none of us can pull that off. Aren't you glad he covered that part? Aren't you glad Jesus Christ died on the cross to cover every part of my life that I did not trust him for? Isn't that great? He's paid the price for that. So God made provision for that. God knows that. That's not what we're talking about here, really. What we're talking about is here is really more a reflection of God's heart for you. What God is trying to say is, My intention, friend, my intention, child, is that you would never have to deal with anything in life that I do not go there with you. I want you to trust me for every moment of your life. And He's saying to us, if you're going to be able to experience what I want for you, it's got to start with this key. Of faith, one John chapter five, verse four. In in the God's word, it says, "As we live through the challenges of life, the thing that will help us be victorious or overcomers is faith." One John five four says, "This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith." In Matthew seventeen, verse twenty, Jesus was talking to his disciples there, and he says this. He says, "Listen, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain." Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that as you look ahead in the future and the days ahead in your life, if you were to say, I am just going to decide with God's help that I'm going to trust God as as much as I can in every area of my life. If you just had a little bit of that kind of faith, the Bible said you could see. Amazing things happen. How many, how many people have ever seen a mountain move before? I've never seen that happen before. It sounds like even some challenging and tough things in my life could be taken care of if I would grab hold and grab that key of faith. Why is faith so critical to experiencing God's best for me? Well, let me give you a couple of reasons for that. First of all, this year in my life, as you look ahead, the next year in your life, this year could be your last year. And you say, my goodness, Robbie, I I didn't come for that. I didn't come for my funeral this morning. I came to get some hope. And here you are saying, I'm going to die this year. No, I didn't say you're going to die. I'm not trying to be fatalistic this morning, but let's be realistic. How many of us this year have lost a loved one in our family? Or somebody at work? Or somebody that was a friend of yours? And and you know, the reality is that, that we never know, do we? We just don't know what this year ahead holds for us. And the Bible says, friend, listen, do not enter into the next phase of your life even another breath, really, another moment, much less a day or a month or a year even, don't enter into that without knowing, without a doubt, that if this were your last few moments on planet Earth, that when you take your last breath, you don't have to say, oh, no, I'm not ready. You can say, thank God, I know where I'm going. Amen? Friend, if I drop dead right now, God forbid, but if that were to happen in my life, I know, I know, I know without a doubt that when I stand before Jesus Christ, yeah, I'm going to be on my face. I'm going to be on my knees. I'm going to say, dear God, thank you, but I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be scared of where I'm going. I know that I've put my trust and my faith in Jesus Christ. I know I'm going to heaven. Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 9 says that's how it happens. We are saved by grace, by the grace of God, through faith, trusting in Christ. Have you trusted in Jesus Christ. Have you unlocked God's plan for your life by trusting in Jesus? But the second reason that we need faith as we look ahead in our lives is because we're going to face things in our life this year that are bigger than us. Amen. As you look ahead at your life, you're going to face things. Some of us, you know, we don't like to think about bad things happening in our lives, but the Bible says, listen, we just need to, to come to grips with the fact that the Bible says that all of us are going to face tough times. John 16, verse 33 says, In the world, you will have tribulation. I mean, we can bow up against it, we can fight it, but the Bible says, as you look ahead in your life, you can just go ahead and bank it down. There's some things coming that I'm not going to be able to deal with on my own. But what did Jesus say? He said, "But take courage! I have overcome the world." What's he saying? When you trust in me, you don't have to be afraid. Yes, you can know you're going to face tough times, but you don't have to to have uh, to let that handcuff you that you're afraid and that you're that you're immobile because of the fear of what's going to come before us and how are we going to deal with that? The Bible says, "Take courage! Be encouraged this morning because Jesus Christ has overcome anything that the world." That this life, that your experience on planet earth, anything that you will face, He has overcome all of those obstacles. You can take courage when you trust in Him. I need faith because I need to know that as I look ahead at my life, there is nothing that I will face that can ultimately bring me down when I'm trusting in Jesus. Amen. The third reason is this. Listen, those are kind of defensive things, aren't they? Oh, I may die. I need to trust in Jesus. Oh, no, there's some things that are that bring me close to death. I'm going to face some tough times. I need to trust in Jesus. But, but those are all defensive things. Let's think about it in a proactive way. God wants to give you some new experiences in your life this year. God's got places that He wants you to go, friend. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that one of the things that's exciting about walking with the Lord? When I woke up this morning, you know what? I can be excited. One of the reasons is because I'm coming to church today. I know when we're meeting together, God's going to do something. Amen? We've prayed for it. We've planned for it. We're asking God for it. We're trusting Him. We're inviting people to, to come and to worship God together. When that happens, I can know God's going to do something today. But you know what? I can live every day of my life with that kind of anticipation. When I have my trust in Jesus Christ, I can get up in the morning, I can say, Good morning, Lord. Thank you for a good night's rest. And, and Lord, I pray that you just help me to wake up this morning. I pray that you just give me health. I pray that you give me ability, that you give me wisdom. And God, I can't wait to see what you have in store for us together today. We're going on a trip, amen? I mean, Jesus, you just crank the car, you know, get it loaded up. I'm going to hop in, and wherever you want to go today, that's where we're going to go. The Bible says that God wants to take you to new places in your spiritual walk. And the only way that you're going to be able to experience that is with this thing called faith. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe, there's faith, must believe that he is, you must believe who he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Faith is absolutely critical if you're going to have a walk with God. You know what, for some of us this morning, for some of you today, you know, you've been growing this year, but you know what, God's got some new things that He wants to do in your life this year. For some of us today, God's wanting to deal with your finances in the days ahead. God's wanting to say, you know what, we've worked on this, we've worked on this, you're growing in this, but you know what, we haven't really touched this. Maybe it's your mouth. Maybe some of you say, you know what, I need need to get straight at work. I'm not being the witness that I need to be. This year, God is going to work on that, but that's going to take faith, a faith walk. That's going to take every day saying, God, help me to walk with you. For some of us, God's going to take us beyond that. He's going to to take us beyond working on the things inside of us, and he's going to take us to to the point that we're actually going to become a benefit in the days ahead in our life to other people around us. You've taken some steps of faith. You've accepted Christ maybe in the last few days or the last few months or the last few weeks. You've publicly identified yourself with Christ through the picture of baptism. And so you're taking those steps. You're growing. But now God's saying to you, listen, I want to give you a new experience. As much as you appreciate that other people have worked for me in your life, now I'm saying to you, I want you to turn around and do that same thing for other people. And some of you are going to be like the precious young lady that I talked to yesterday who told me that this past year she led her first person to a relationship with Jesus Christ. Isn't that great? I mean, how would she have known that God was going to do that? Because she's walking in faith. She's walking with Jesus Christ. She's trusting Him, and God gave her a brand new, incredible experience. Can there be anything better in life than introducing people to the eternal hope that's found in Jesus Christ? Anything better than that? And she had no clue that God was going to do that, but that's where God led her over these last few days. Maybe that's going to happen to you. And this next year, some of you in this room are going to go on your first ever mission trip. You're going to load up on a bus or an airplane or a van or something like that. As crazy as it sounds, you're going to go with a bunch of other people from your church family. You're going to go serve somebody else in another community that you've never been to in your life, maybe. And you're going to have the boldness to to reach out to people that you've never met and to share with them the hope that's found in Christ. Some of you are going to get involved in ministry right here. You say, you know, I've never really allowed Jesus to work through my life. He's working in my life, but I've never really allowed him to work through my life here in my church family none of that is going to happen without faith being in the mix are you trusting in jesus christ to save your life do you know without a doubt that if today if this year if the days ahead were your last on planet earth that you know you're going to heaven do you know without a doubt that if god leaves you on this earth that you're going to be walking with him as you go forward in your life well that's the key of faith but there's also a second key that i believe the bible teaches us about you know This thing that we're going to look at is called love. The second key is the the key of love. A lot of people today, a lot of Christians today don't think much of love because the world has, has, has thrown the word love around so much that we kind of have a distaste. Sometimes we look down on the word love. It feels cheap. It feels empty. It feels meaningless to us sometimes. But the Bible tells us that love is in fact very special and important to God. 1 John chapter 4, verse 8 tells us that God actually is love. Isn't that incredible? The Bible says, I mean, think about it. I mean, that's a mouthful. God, we're just thinking about how holy, how mighty, the, the whole earth is full of God's glory. If I said to you, well, just, just, just try to explain God to me. Just in one word, just tell me, who is God? What's he about? If you're just going to give one word, the Bible says God is love. Now wait just a minute, I thought we said love feels cheap, it feels it feels empty, it feels meaningless. Well, God is certainly not cheap. God is certainly not empty and meaningless, so we must need to change our definition of love, amen? The Bible also tells us in Matthew 22, verses 35 through 40, listen, a guy came to Jesus and maybe some of you feel like this today, you say, listen, this thing called the Bible, I mean, I've heard about it, I've read a little bit of it, you know, I've been to church all my life, it sits on our coffee table, you know, but... But I don't really know what to do with the Bible. I'm just trying to understand it. Can you, just, can you just kind of break it down a little more simply for me? I can do that real easy. Jesus did it for us. Matthew 22. If, if you just want to say, what does the Bible mean? What is the message of the Bible? How could you summarize that? A guy came to Jesus and said, what's the greatest commandment in the law? What's the greatest commandment in God's Word? And Jesus said, well, really, there's, there's two things that I could summarize. First of all, you're to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And secondly, you're to what? Love your neighbor as yourself. Sounds like love's pretty important, isn't it? If you were going to say everything in the Bible, if you were going to just make a quick outline, what's the Bible about? Everything in the Bible, in some way or another, can fit under loving God or loving others. That tells you love must be pretty important. Love for God and love for others. In fact, if you go back and look at 1 Corinthians 13 sometime, just write that down. uh, You could actually summarize 1 Corinthians 13 like this. You could just call that passage. It's basically saying that love is the key ingredient for all of life. And if you're going to live life, love has to be in the mix. That sounds pretty important, doesn't it? So let's get that definition we were looking for. And there's probably all kinds of different ways that we could put it, but let's just take a shot at it this morning with this definition. Love could be defined as unconditional commitment to the benefit of others, not based primarily on feelings and emotions. Now listen, there's nothing wrong with feelings and emotions, right? I'm glad that I have feelings for my wife. I'm glad that I have emotions in that relationship. Many times feelings follow the faith many times feelings follow the relationship the choice to have relationship the commitment for relationship but it's not based primarily on feelings and emotions but on a conscious choice that you make to care about somebody and don't miss this last phrase no matter what that's what love is an unconditional commitment to the benefit of others, not based primarily on feelings or emotions, but on a conscious choice to care for others no matter what. That thing that we just defined is very, very important to God. In fact, it is critical to His plan in this world. If you want to know how God does things, if you want to know some of the the things that would help unlock God's plan in your life, love is absolutely critical. Now, why is love so important? Well, first of all, love helps me to lose my tendency to focus on self. Anybody else relate to that? Listen, it's just how we're put together, isn't it? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, don't look at me bad. You're, you're the same way, right? I, but, but I want to tell you, I get a lot of credit for helping other people in their lives, but I just got to be honest with you. I struggle with this constantly. Without love for God, without love for other people, I would spend my life, I could, I could probably say exclusively, listen, I am my favorite person. My colors are the best ones in the world. My kind of ice cream, I mean, is there anything better than strawberry ice cream with real strawberries in it? I mean, if you don't like that, there's something wrong with you, okay? I mean, I like what I like. I'm focused on myself. But the Bible says, friend, that that is very destructive to my life, and it's destructive to the people that I'm in relationship around me. I will never get to God's purpose and God's best. God, friend, wants you, listen, God wants you to experience life. Isn't that awesome? Eternal life, John 5 says, starts john 5 24 tells us starts right now i thank god i'm going to heaven i thank god i'm not going to hell i think god i'm gonna spend forever with god but hey we got some time between now and then right god wants me to experience life and that will not happen if i focus on myself and love helps me to focus on others number two love will help me to not get so hurt and disappointed with others We have expectations for our own lives, but maybe even especially sometimes we have expectations for who? Other people's lives. And without fail, other people are going to let you down. Haven't people let you down? Haven't people hurt you? Listen, I want you to look at that person that's sitting next to you right now. Look to your left and look to your right. In just about three months, that man sitting next to you, He's going to hurt your feelings. He's going to say something to you, and He's going to hurt your feelings. You know what that lady sitting next to you? You know what You know what her child is going to do in the next few months? Her child is going to say something hurtful about your child. Now it's fighting words, right? You can hurt my feelings, but don't hurt my baby, right? <laughs> I want you to think about your Bible study teacher this morning. So many of you are involved in smaller group studies studying God's Word, and you look up to that person, don't you? Then you think the world that person. You're learning from that person. They're guiding a group of people to study God's Word. But this time next year, is it possible that your Bible study teacher will no longer be coming to church? Is that possible? That lady who's serving fellowship food this morning, she's going to leave her husband this year. Wow. Are you kidding me? No way. And when those things happen, if you and I do not have love, we're going to be very hurt. We're going to be very disappointed. Without love for God, especially, because love for God is the source for love for others, right? Without love for God and without love for others, I and you will not be able to handle that kind of stuff. Love will help me to not be so disappointed and hurt with other people. But number three, love is critical in my relationship with God. Remember what I said, 1 John chapter 4 tells us that God actually is love. And we see that over and over again in the Bible. God is a God of love. The fact that that He will save people, that He will rescue people who don't deserve it. Remember Romans 5, 8? What does it say? But God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were great people that He thought would be nice to, to hang out with. Is that what it says? No. The Bible says, but God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were still sinners before we got so nice and cleaned up, for those of us that have gotten to that point, <laughs> before, before we became anything admirable with His help, the Bible says we were sinners. We didn't deserve a relationship with Him. We were actually turning our back again. Remember, we're supposed to be under the umbrella of walking with God and most of us are running around outside of that canopy. The Bible says while we were in that condition, Christ died for us. Let me tell you something. The Bible says that love is critical to God's plan. If you're going to figure out God, if you're going to learn about God, you've got to learn about this God who gives people who don't deserve it an opportunity to have a relationship with Him. God offers to broken people healing. God offers guilty people forgiveness. God offers people who've, who've broken commitments restoration and help. And John, 1 John 4 also tells us, as you might suspect, If you and I hang out with that kind of God, guess what's going to rub off on us? That same kind of love. In fact, it's not a requirement for salvation, but it is evidence. In fact, 1 John's a book about evidence. If you want to know you're a Christian, that's what 1 John... If you want to know you're a Christian, here's some ways you can know you're a Christian. And 1 John 4 tells us, one of the ways you can know you're a Christian... You can say, wow, God is working that in me. I am his child. One of the ways is because you begin to feel the same way that God feels towards us, that God feels towards sinners, you begin to feel that same way towards people who've done you wrong. Anyone who truly has a walk with God will demonstrate love, God's kind of love to others. If I don't demonstrate that kind of love, at the least I'm disobeying God, right? He's wanting to work it in me, and I'm not responding to that. But at the worst, it may be that I don't really know God's love in the first place. Matthew 6, verse 15 says, But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. Listen, part of the the evidence that I'm a child of God, that my sins have been forgiven, is that I have a willingness to forgive other people. Well, that's key number two. It's called love. And it's so much a part of God's work and His message that I believe the Bible teaches that you and I, we're going to miss it this year. As we look ahead in our lives, we will miss God's purpose of life for us without love. But there's a third key that I want to talk to you about. You might not suspect it, but I think it's critical. It's the key of faithfulness. You see, the Bible says that, listen, I need to to trust in God. I need to have the key of faith. The Bible says, listen, I need to act like God and think like Him and have, have the key of love in my approach to others. But the Bible also says that I need to obey God and have the key of faithfulness in my life. I have a theory that I'm testing. And as I tested it, it continues to be true. I believe that most people in this world, now friend, listen, I want you to pay attention to this statement because what I'm sharing with you, isn't it exciting to come to church and have God to show us our tendencies? Because sometimes you can't, you know, you go to the doctor, you can't take medicine until you know what the problem is, right? Well, a problem that we have as human beings, if you'll just be honest about it, you'll affirm it's true. We give up way too soon and way too easily. Did you hear that? I believe that as human beings, I see it in God's Word. I see it in human experience. I believe that we have a leaning, a propensity to not stick out things emotionally, psychologically, physically, don't we? You ever get to that point? You're on a hike and you say, I can't do it. I can't go further. You know, your kids do that. You take them on a hike. I can't, daddy. I can't. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. No, I can't. And they do. They make it. But physically, spiritually, in every way, we're more prone to throw in the towel than to stay put and to hang tight. And yet, friend, the Bible says that faithfulness is very important to God. Matthew chapter 25, verse 21. Some of you may be familiar with this statement. It's something that kind of, maybe if you're a, a follower of Christ, you dream that one day, when you stand before Jesus Christ, that He will say to you the words that He says to His servants there in Matthew 25, verse 21. And many of you maybe even can recite that. He says to those who have have walked with Him, who have served Him, who have obeyed Him, who have honored Him, He says to them, Well done, good and what? Faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And what does that mean? It means that when God gave them an assignment, God gives assignments, doesn't He? He gives posts for us to man. There's a place, there's a a purpose for your life. There's a post that you're supposed to fulfill in this life. Your life is not by accident. Your life is here for a reason. God has something He wants to accomplish through your life. And whether that's big or whether that's small, faithfulness means that when God gave you your assignment, you stayed at your post until or unless god gives you further notice but faithfulness is not very common in our world is it the bible says in proverbs chapter 20 verse (laughs) 6 you ever have people tell you oh man you can count on me oh yeah i'll be there oh oh, yeah i'll take care of that for you you're on vacation sure i'll feed the dogs come back home they're about to die hungry (laughs) sure i'll pick up your kids hey mom where's my ride The Bible says in Proverbs 20, verse 6, "...many a man proclaims his own loyalty." Sure, got it covered. Many a man does that. But who can find a trustworthy man? Whether you're talking about business, your workplace, whether you're talking about in the home, whether you're talking about at ministry, wherever it is, everybody will tell you you can count on them, but how many people, let's think about it, truly, realistically, how many people do you know you can leave something important with and you know that they will take care of that just like you would? How many people do you know that if you came back earlier, you wouldn't catch them with their feet propped up you know, drinking some iced tea, <laughs> oh, oh, you know, trying to clean up before you got there? How many people do you know that will do exactly what you expected and ask for them to do? Why is faithfulness so important? As I said earlier, first of all, most people give up way too easily and way too soon. There's a lot of reasons for that, but we need to realize that it's true. Faithfulness is critical. We need to understand this idea of faithfulness because it's a a tendency in our lives, and we have to fight against it. Amen? I want to give up. I lean towards that. When it gets hard, I say, forget it. Wasn't worth it anyway. That's not God's way. Number two, God expects us to stay where he put us until He gives us further notice. You know, one of the key components of the Christian life that we could have mentioned here as well, but I think really kind of is, is filtered throughout all of the things that, that we're talking about here is called obedience. God tells us, He gives us some instructions, He tells us to do something, and He expects us to do that until He tells us to do something else. Listen, friend, a lack of faithfulness means if I stop doing what God asked me to do, and what I committed to do for Him, if I stop doing that before God changes my direction, or He tells me to stop doing it, then I am being what? Disobedient. And listen, now, okay, I'm not being faithful. That may seem kind of, you know, just kind of, well, maybe I'll do it, maybe I won't. Unfaithfulness is leading you to what? Disobedience. When I'm in disobedience, I'm getting out of God's will for my life. And then I'm starting to lean more towards something the Bible says is very serious, and that's rebellion. I actually have not slipped out. Now I'm kind of enjoying it. I'm living out that kind of life. God expects us to stay where He put us unless He tells us something different. Number three, though, and this is so critical to what we're talking about, many things in life are accomplished by hard work or consistent, steady work, not smooth sailing, big breaks did you hear that many things in life are accomplished with hard work or consistent steady ordinary daily step by step get up and do this do you ever parents do you ever get sometimes I, i i'll be going to bed at night i'm thinking i do this every night I mean, I, I I I I get the kids ready for bed. Me and Shannon, you know, we get baths and we get the kids ready for bed, and and then we sit and we you know kind of veg out and you know just be a vegetable for a few minutes, you know, just to kind of catch our breath for the day. And then I make my way upstairs and I brush my teeth and I take my contacts out and I set my alarm and I get up the next morning and I read my Bible and I eat some breakfast and I go to work. And you ever feel like that? That's just, is that just me? He said, well, you never want to know that much about your life. But... Hey, I'm just trying to share an example here, okay? Does it seem ordinary sometimes? Does it just seem like, here I go again? Same old, same old. In this cycle. But friend, I want you to understand something. If you want to see God's plan fulfilled in your life, many times His blessings are on the other side of difficulty. Or, maybe it's not that harsh, maybe it's not difficult, and many times His blessings are on the other side of ordinary-looking life. Now here's what you need to pay attention to. If you quit or change direction in the middle of the challenges, or just because you're bored, if you don't have an underlying core commitment to stick things out, then I believe you're going to miss a lot of what God wants to do in your life. Faithfulness is a key to me truly experiencing the life that God has for me. When God tells me to do something, through thick and thin, whether it's good or bad, whether it feels good, some days it does and some days it doesn't, but God... Now now listen, that's a key. I need to know that God told me to do it, right? But if God told me to do something, then I need to stick with that unless He changes my direction. So here's some things to, to think about. First of all, I need to be aware as we've talked about, my tendency is to give in or give up. Amen? Can we just be honest? That's what I lean towards. When I want to do that, when I want to give in or give up. Now, sometimes, does God call us to change directions? Yes, He does. Does sometimes God say, this assignment is completed, you can move on to this next assignment? Yes, He does. But, pay attention to this, when I am in a mode of wanting to give in or give up, I ask myself, or actually I asked the Lord God is this you or is this me that's a fair enough question right and let me tell you this when in doubt if I'm not sure I'm going to assume it's who me (laughs) because because I know how I am I'm ready to be done I'm bored or I'm ready to move on, or I'm tired of this mess, or or the difficulty, and I want to do something else. When I'm struggling with, God, which direction do you want me to go? I'm going to assume it's me, because God values long-term relationships and commitments, not short ones. And because I don't trust my usual leanings and responses in life, I will only make a change in assignments when God makes it clear that I must do so. So you hear that? Don't trust yourself. Yeah, maybe sometimes God's changing direction, but lean towards I found in my life, and I'm going to tell you what, friend, this is absolutely true. I've had some people in my life that I've learned faithfulness from, and they help me. I draw upon their example and their strength. So many times I want to say I'm done or I'm finished or it's time for me to do this or it's time for me to do that. Whatever it is, big or small things. And over and over again, God tells me lean towards, stick to it. And then I'll talk you out of it if you messed up. Amen? (laughs) I'll show you if you're going too far. But nine times out of ten, it's you, not him, in my experience. So let's fast forward in your life. One year from this day, if you were to look back on this life that you've been living over the last year, will you be able to say, you know what? God spoke to my heart a year ago. He said to me, Robbie, I have some places that I want to take you. I have some things that I want to do in your life. I have some things I want to do through your life. I have life to offer you. John 10 says, what kind of life? Abundant life. This is not just some happy, happy, perky church thing, okay? I'm just saying, God wants to give you a great life. Yeah, we got troubles, we got difficulties, but God does want to give you a tremendous life. How can you know that you're heading in that direction? we've talked about it this morning. First of all, you have to have faith. Let me ask you a question. Do you know 100% certain that you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Do you know that without a doubt? If you have put your faith and trust in Jesus, let me ask you, if you are a Christian, are you walking in faith? Yeah, it's great to have a relationship with God. It's great to establish a relationship. It's great to be born into a family. But there's a lot more relationship that can be experienced after that. Amen? Friend, are you walking by faith in your life? Are you on a course to get up every day and to say, Jesus, where are we going today? I'm just glad to follow you. That's going to be important for you. If you're going to be able to say a year from now, God, we've seen life this year. What about love? That's a tough one, isn't it? That's a tough one. God, have you produced in me, have you been working in me, the kind of attitude that says, as terrible, can't people be just hard sometimes? I mean, I love kids, and kids are precious many times. You look at kids, they're mean to each other sometimes, too. And you just think, you know what, where'd they learn that from? Well, they're sinners, and they learned it from the best of them. Mama and Papa, right? They're just an example of us. Can't we hurt can't we bring so much pain to one another's lives? Friends, we don't want to be pain to people. The Bible demonstrated the, the prayer of Jabez. That prayer, I don't want to cause any pain. That's my heart's desire. But the fact is we're going to cause pain in each other's lives. Are we going to love each other unconditionally? That's, that's challenging, isn't it? But it's one of the keys. What about faithfulness? Can God count on you with his help? That whatever he gives you to do, whatever he's already given you, you're going to stick with. Whatever he's going to give you this year, you're going to stay faithful and committed to. You're going to just decide, you know what? I am done with half-hearted commitments. I am done with fly-by-night relationships. I am done with giving up so easy. You know what? God's people, I hesitate to say stubborn and hard-headed because hard-headed is not really like a, like a, a commendable quality. <laughs> okay? But there ought to be a sense in God's people That we're not easily shaken. Amen, anybody? You know why? Because that's the way our God is. We keep pressing on. It almost comes across as stubborn. (laughs) But you know what? It's not as tenderhearted, but it's committed. Friend, if you will make a choice today to trust God in these key areas, I believe your life will be different this year. Will you trust Him?